episode, we're going to look at Global ID, which is included with Rails by default. It is a way where you can reference a model with a URI that is unique to that specific record. And to start with, I have a very basic device set up, and I want to generate a scaffold. And the scaffold that I'm going to generate is for posts. We'll have a user belongs to, so a user can create many posts. We'll have a title of the post, and then we'll have a content. So it's out of scope for this episode, but typically instead of creating a content attribute like this, I would typically use something like action text instead. But for the simplicity of this episode, we'll just create the content there. And then we'll also generate a model. And let's call this model the user's post. It's gonna have a user, which is a belongs to, and then a post, which is a belongs to. And this is really just going to track whether or not a user likes or has favorited a post. So we don't need any additional fields on here. And once we get those two made, we can go ahead and run Rails DB migrate to migrate our database. Next, we can come into our models folder and in the posts RB, we don't have to do anything with here with the user because that's already been created. However, we can create the relationship for the favorites of a post with a has many users posts, then has many users, and that is going to be through the users posts. And I'll go ahead and copy this because once we come down to the users, a user can have many posts through the users, but a user can also has many posts. So typically you won't want to set a relationship like this because this is going to start getting confusing within your application and it could also introduce some conflicts. So within the post model, instead of saying has many users, I would probably change this association to something else like liked by users through user posts and then I can call a source on the user. And that way, when we have a post, so let's say we just grab the first post, we can then get a liked by users and then get the size of them or the count of how many users like that post. Similar on the other relationship, a user has many posts, so that's when a user creates a post. But then with this relationship on the posts that a particular user has liked, we could change this to liked posts and then add a source on the post. That way, if I want to see all the articles written by a particular user, I could reference the posts. And if I want to see all the articles that that particular user has liked, then I can get it through the liked posts. And then in our terminal, let's generate another controller. And this will be for our posts likes. And notice I am creating a module name post here because with a likes that could have a lot of different meanings, but because it is in direct relationship to our posts, I like namespacing it like this. So that's simply going to create under our controllers folder, a post for our likes controller. And we'll create two different actions within this controller. We'll have a create method, and then we'll also have a destroy method. And with these two actions, when a user likes a post, we'll call the create action. If the user does not like the post, but they've already marked it as liked, then we'll call the destroy action to remove that record. And then in the routes.rb file, we can create a namespace for our posts and create a block. Within this block, we would have our resources for the likes, and we only want to include a couple of different actions. We want the create action, then also the destroy action. 
So in the terminal, if we do a Rails route, and then we can grep to just find the likes entries, you can see that this will create a URL helper called post likes on the create action and a post like with a method delete for the destroy action. And it goes to the namespace posts to the likes controller and to the destroy and the create action. But this does have a problem because we do want to be able to track what the post is. So we could create a block on our resources posts and then we can run the Rails routes and just grab the likes again. And so that does solve the first problem of now with our posts, we are getting the post ID, but then we have this weird URI with the post and likes, but it is still going to our posts namespace and to the likes controller. So instead of a namespace, if we do a scope and then a module and we reference our posts, if we run this again, we now have the URI posts with our post ID and likes, and we are still namespacing our likes controller under posts. And then in the show action, I'm going to create a instance variable called like post. And typically I wouldn't create multiple instance variables within a Rails controller. I want to keep as few as possible, but I think for the illustration purposes in this episode, it'll make a bit more sense. So we want to search all of the user posts. We want to find by where the user is our current user. And the post is the post that we were setting at the beginning. And that's getting set by the before action set post. And you can see that's happening on the show action. So in the show view for a post, we could create our links and we can use that liked post. Or if you had your current user, you were checking if they were signed in and then you could do something like liked post and then passed in the post ID. And that way you're not declaring multiple instance variables within your controller, but you would have to create that method within the user. But within the if statement, if the liked post does exist, then that means there's a record where this user has liked this particular post. So we would want to have a link to unlike. And if the user does not have a record, that means that this post is likable or the user is not signed in. So you definitely would need to capture if the user is signed in or not and handle that logic appropriately. But for the liked post, we can do a post likes path. We can also send in our post with a method of post. And for the unlike, that's going to go to the post like path. Notice that this one is singular. We'll also pass in our post with a method of delete. And so with these two links created, we then put in the logic to like or unlike a post. And when we go to unlike the post, because we already have that record, that's not something that we need to find again by the post ID and the user ID. We could just simply pass in the liked post.id back with our parameters. And while this isn't entirely necessary, because we do have the user ID and the post ID, we very well could just delete it that way. For the illustration of this episode with the global ID, we're going to pass it in like this because there are some situations where you may not have enough information about a record. Let's say if you're populating dropdowns and instead of the values, you wanted to do a global ID or something else like that. So in our create action, we can retrieve our post and that's going to be under the parameters 
the post underscore ID. We can then take our current user, we can get our user's posts, and then we can create it by the post, and we'll just reference the posts that we just found. And then we can redirect to the post, and let's have a notice, and we'll say that the post has been liked. And so very similar for the destroy action, we can do a find by the post, and we can say that the post is unliked, but then we can destroy the record. And so coming to the Rails application, under our posts, we now have our like button, and if we click on it, we get that our post is liked, and then we can unlike it, and then that removes the like. But notice, if we like it, and if we look at the reference, that forward slash one at the end, that's the ID of the like for that user. And typically for the post ID, you would have something like friendly ID to give yourself a nice URI. But the one thing I don't like about the likes ID here is that that ID is then exposing how many likes are in the system. Or if you have a dropdown that's generated by some active record data and the value that you're setting is the ID of that record, then you're exposing the number of records there as well. In some cases, it may not be a big deal, but that's where global IDs can come into play. And typically, this is probably how I would take that approach with destroying a liked record. But we can get our user post, and we can do a users post.find, and we can pass in our params ID. We can then take our users post and destroy it. And then when we go to redirect, instead of redirecting to the post, because we haven't declared that, we can do a post path, then take our users post.post underscore ID. And by doing it this way, we're no longer checking based on the post ID or the current user, but rather just this one record. And this isn't probably the best use case scenario for something like this, but I think it's still a pretty simple concept to illustrate using the global ID. And so back in the show page, we could add a to global ID here. And if we go back and refresh our page, and if we inspect this, you can see it gives us a nice little hash. If we call to string on here and then refresh, you see that it gives us more of a URI format. And so then in the likes controller, I'll just copy that down and comment out our other example. We would need to do a user post.find like this. Instead, we could do a global ID locator dot locate, and then we can pass in our params ID. And this will locate that record and then with our user post, it will destroy the record. And so that ID, when we look at it, when we create it as a string, that has the same pitfalls. But if we just pass in the global ID like that, not as a string, where we get our hash, we can unlike it and it works the same. And now the parameter ID is getting passed as that large hash. And in instances where you need a bit more security, you do a 2SGID, and that's going to be a signed global ID. And the nice thing about those is that you're able to set some expirations. And you can do that with something like it expires, and you can say that it expires in one hour. And so let's say if you had an email system, and you sent someone a signed link within the email, and you want the user to be able to click on that link in order to download whatever content. However, for security purposes, you don't want that to be an ever-existing record. So five months from now, 
you don't want them to be able to use that same link to download the file again. Instead, they would need to regenerate or repurchase that product. So you can set whatever expiration within here so they don't have indefinite access to that link. And so now when we look at this link, it definitely is a lot longer and has a bit more information. And when we go to unlike it, it couldn't find the record. And that's because in the likes controller, instead of using locate, you would have to do a locate underscore signed. And then we can take in the ID. So refreshing this, and then remove the like, we like it and we can unlike it. So again, this probably isn't the best use case for using global IDs, but a few different scenarios where I do like using them is any place where I cannot obfuscate the ID number, and that is something that I do need to pass through, or with creating links to something where a user may not necessarily need to have a user account in the system, however, they are receiving a share link which does need to expire. But I think in each case, those examples may have been a bit more complicated in illustrating the global IDs, but you can just as easily see the concept here. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for watching.